This podcast is sponsored by Active Skin Repair, a skin health company helping people heal with natural, non-toxic, medical-grade ingredients. Active Skin Repair uses a molecule called hypochlorous acid, which mimics our natural immune response to cleanse, soothe irritation, reduce inflammation, and support healing. We've been loving Active Skin Repair for all the cuts and scrapes that show up in the active toddler life. Sage loves that there's both the spray version, but also a cream version. He likes to get to choose which one he's going to do. He calls it the magic cream. And it's been so great for taking care of Mila's neck rash now that she's full on teething. Can we get a minute for a teething three and a half month old? What in the world? Active Skin Repair has thousands of five-star reviews and the ingredients so safe and clean, they can be used from the youngest member of the family to the oldest. Keeping it simple with one soothing solution for all your family's skin health needs. Visit www.activeskinrepair.com to learn more about Active Skin Repair and to get 20% off your order, use code VILLAGE. That's www.activeskinrepair.com, code VILLAGE, for 20% off your order. You're listening to Voices of Your Village. This is episode 114. I got to hang out with Sonnet from Not Your Mother's Podcast and chat about the motherhood mental load. Listen, babe. How many of you feel like you are the CEO of your household and you're doing things that I like to call magic house where like, oh, you just make sure everything runs. All of a sudden there is a birthday party planned. Like who did that? Or who made sure that everything was set for kiddos for school and that there were diapers in their cubby or that their pediatric appointment was set? There's so much that we carry as women and have historically for generations carried as our job to organize and we're moving in a solid direction but we still have room for improvement and growth and in this episode Sana and I are diving into this. What does this look like now? Uh, How do we communicate about this with partners and move forward in a direction where it isn't all falling on mamas to organize and to delegate. I want to acknowledge that a lot of the discussion in this podcast is heteronormative. So we are talking about patterns that have existed in heterosexual relationships for decades, and this can translate to whatever your family unit looks like, whoever the CEO of that household is. Guys, before we dive in, I have an announcement for you. We have moved Mama's Getaway Weekend from April to September. The last weekend of September, September 26th and 27th, you can join us in Carlsbad, California, right outside of San Diego, for a weekend to dive into this work, to building your toolbox, to rewriting patterns and reparenting your adult self. We chat about sensory regulation and figuring out who your kiddo is and how they regulate, how they find their calm in ways that you can best support them. This is my favorite weekend of the whole year. It has sold out every single time and this time was no different. However, in moving the date, we have freed up a few spots. 
Starting next week, tickets will be on sale. So stay tuned over at Seed and Sew for how to snag your ticket if you want to join us in September 26th and 27th for Mama's Getaway Weekend. All right, let's dive in. Welcome to Voices of Your Village, a place where parents, caregivers, teachers, and experts come to support one another on this wild ride of raising tiny humans. We combine decades of experience with the latest research to create the modern parenting village. Let's dive into honest conversation about real parenting challenges so it doesn't have to be this hard. I'm your host, sleep consultant, child development specialist, and passionate feminist, Alyssa Blass Campbell. Hey, everybody. Welcome to this episode to chat about the mental load of motherhood. Y'all, this is real. I did a post about it a couple of weeks ago, and so many of you were like, uh, yeah, and what do I do about that? <laughs> like, yes, this is real, and where do I go from here? Yeah. And so I reached out and got to bring on a guest to hang out and chat with me about it today. Today, I'm hanging out with Sonnet from not your mother's podcast and her co-host of the podcast is today traveling so it's just the two of us but we get to dive into what this looks like and how to navigate it and how to move forward with this instead of accepting it as our reality absolutely hi babe hi (laughs) how are you i'm good yeah just doing mom life and work life at the same time you know yeah. <laughs> and be present for all of them. Good luck. That's a, yeah. quite a task to be present for all of them. Yeah. Rad. So can you share a little bit with us about kind of who you are and what brings you here? Like how you started or what led to Not Your Mother's Podcast? Yeah. Um, so I'm Sonnet. I am a singer and songwriter um, and was working full-time in the music industry before having a child a couple years ago and had a baby around the same time as my co-host Veronica and longtime friends like music festivals, single ladies running around like friends, you know, and, and then we're like moms together. We're like, what is happening right now? And we would go on these walks and both coming from like digital marketing, her coming from like real estate and digital marketing, me coming from music and um, the creative side of things a little bit more and us trying to figure out like how can we spend more time with our children how can we create something that's our own and what the hell is going on with our motherhood story here anyway and we just would like go on walks asking these questions like why did anybody like tell us this why is anybody talking about this what do you think about this and then we thought why don't we start a podcast called Not Your Mother's Podcast and interview people who might have some answers and have some tip and have some tips and solutions for us. Cause coming from like, well, what do you do about it? Not just have a conversation about it, but like, what can we do? Steps one, two, and three. And so we started the podcast and that's it. Um, I still work in music. She kind of works in real estate a little bit, but you know, we're just in the mom world all of a sudden. And I'm pregnant with my second. She had um, another child right away. So we're going to be four of us. And we went from like, you know, new moms to now like moms of multiple children in a matter of years, which I guess is, you know, a typical thing that happens. 
It's so funny. As you were saying, I was like, oh, that's how I started. I was doing this research in early childhood and was like had a mom reach out to me when I was living in Boston and was like, hey, I have this group of mom friends and we're in this text and we all kind of hate our three-year-olds and we don't know what to do about it. <laughs> and like, we've gotten to this point of like, okay, we now all know that we're frustrated or have like empathized with each other, commiserated really in a lot of ways. And we don't know where to go from here. Like, can you come teach us what to do now? And that's how actually like my Tiny Humans Big Emotions program, which is like our most popular uh, parent course, really started and, and was birthed. And it was me sitting down with these moms. And we had just, I was like, sure, let's do like wine and nibbles and we'll hang out and chat. And it was good. I was like, let's do like hour and a half, two hours. And we were there for three hours. And then we started doing like monthly because they were like this, we need more of this. <laughs> There's yes. such a need. Organic build because they're, yeah, you're filling such a space. Yeah. Such a need you don't know you need, you don't know you need it. You know, you're just like, when you're pregnant, you're thinking about, it's such an odd place because you can't prepare a pregnant woman who's never had a child. And you can't tell them like, you need to prepare and read these books because you're like, oh, I'm just nesting and getting ready for childbirth and like so in my little glow phase. And then it hits and you're like, oh, I have no time to read any of these books and I have no idea what's going on. Absolutely. And there's just no perspective, right? Like it's so hard before you're in it to imagine what it would really be like. That's true. Yeah, very and, true. And I will get a lot from folks of like, oh, well, who their kids going to be before the kids here. And then their kids oh. here. And then they're like, oh, wait, no, that didn't happen the way I thought it was going to happen. So they're not just listening to what I say. Uh, now what do yeah, I do? How does that work? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And so I want to chat about like, the being a mom really and and there's research that supports this and now a whole bunch of articles that are popping up on this maternal mental load and the ever I think honestly if you're carrying a baby I think it starts really ridiculously early of like trying to get pregnant feeling but it we've shared a bunch about our fertility journey but I remember when we like were at the place where Zach's sperm was getting tested and it came back all clear and I was like oh that means like it's all me like he's good like what he's doing is working and this and it was like I have to do something now yeah Yeah. it just felt like this added pressure for me of like cool, then it's my body that needs to kick it into gear here. And then even with staying pregnant or the appointments and um, like a birth plan, a registry, there were so many things that right off the bat, it was like, oh, this is how it starts. This is where it begins. And then once those tiny humans are here, I was, I do one-on-one coaching and just had someone I was coaching and she's, they're moving to a new house. And she was like, yeah. And I got a find childcare in the area and just get a new pediatrician and going through all the things that she had to find. And I was like, who, what's your partner in charge of in this? And nothing, there was not one thing for their child that was, she hadn't, she just assumed it was her. Right, 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 right. There's so much there. There's so much there. Well, we take it on, we don't delegate. And then we also want to have some control and do it the way that we see that it needs to be done. 
but also it's just hard to even put to words what it is that needs to be done. Like it's, it's really hard to be like, well, we need to get a pediatrician that checks all the boxes that I have in my mind. And I need to also get diapers because we're running low. And like, it's hard to even understand what's going on that like tallying list in your mind. So how can you even talk to somebody about that and share that with your partner and ask them to take some of that? It's very, it's not just like you're avoiding it. It's just that you can't even put words to it sometimes. Totally. And I think it is also annoying to feel like the delegator. Oh, for sure. Yeah. To be like, no, I'm (laughs) I'm still like keeping track of all the things. Now I'm just delegating them is also annoying. Oh yeah. Right. That's true. I did this exercise with, I was doing like a parent workshop and it was all hetero couples. And so I was like, you know what? Why don't you take out your phones? We're not going to talk for a minute and just scroll on your social media choice. I don't care what it is. And then after a minute, people went around and just shared like, what did you see on your social media? And for every dude in the room, it was like, memes and funny things and famous people that they like to follow or whatever (laughs) (laughs) and for all the moms right for all the moms it was like child rearing and all the things that you're keeping track of all the time we also are consuming in a way that they aren't even consuming Mm -hmm. right 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 Um, or how many people reach out yeah exactly how many people reach out that are following our podcast and it's predominantly women and they're trying to get their husband to listen to something, right? Like to delegate even that rather than, Hey, I'm consuming this podcast every week for tips and tricks here. I'd like you to be consuming it too. Right. Like even this simple, or like, I'd like you to be following this account on social media. I find a lot of helpful tips from this rather than me bringing every post that I find helpful to your attention. Yeah. Cause even then I feel like that doesn't work. I don't know about your, partner, but that's not, you know, like pushing content doesn't get the content consumed. It's (laughs) more just like, okay, what, you know, that's the furthest way to get it done. (laughs) No, totally. Um, but I'll see a lot of that where people like tag their partner in our posts and I'm like, Ooh, maybe if they were just following us too, they'd be consuming this. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So when it comes down to like, what do we do from here? Like, I think you're right. It's so ingrained and we're carrying so much of it that it can feel almost overwhelming to, to move forward in a different way. Mm-hmm. But I want to figure that out. I think we, we have to figure it out because it's impossible. Like we started the conversation where I'm like, oh, I'm just trying to stay present for everything, which is an impossible task. It is incredibly impossible. So you have to just, I have to keep taking things off my plate because I have to say at some point I cannot, I cannot just keep doing things as I was, and I think this might be, as you said, before children, we all have this keep going, keep doing and like crush it mentality. And then you have children and it's like, we'll keep on crushing it and killing it and like making things happen. And it's part of our society mentality for women right now. Also, like we want that empowerment. We want that power. But where do you draw the line to say like, I can only take on this much. And if the other part doesn't get done, like that's not on me. Like I can't do any more than this. So I agree that we do need to find a solution. And I think it's different for every household, but I think talking about this conversation, making being super aware of it is the first step. And then coming up with some different ways that work for different people so that you could see what's going to work for your family. Because what's going to work for my family doesn't necessarily work for everybody else because every 
partner has their own thing going on. And it's not just partners, you know, it's like, it's just the support of your village. Like, how can you really step into that, embrace that, find that and um, accept, accept that. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Being back to work after maternity leave has been so good and frankly, so hard. I love what I do and I missed collaborating with my team while I was out and it's been a tough transition. The combination of a packed schedule and still being the milk machine for Mila Bean, it's hard to juggle everything. I feel so grateful for my weekly therapy hour. Sometimes I'm just holding so much and I need a safe space to let it out and get it off my chest. I've noticed that when I don't release it, it comes out anyway, but usually in ways that aren't aligned with how I want to show up in the world. BetterHelp is such a convenient, flexible option for parents who just can't take the travel time to get to an in-person therapy visit. It's entirely online. You can show up in your jammies, always a win in my book, and you can switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and you're on your way to feeling heard. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash voices today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash voices. Having Sage approved audio for our car rides is a literal lifesaver for my nervous system. And I love making lists of podcasts to share with him when he's ready. I was so excited to hear about a new show called Mysteries About True Histories, affectionately known as M-A-T-H, math, geared toward the six plus crowd. Every episode follows two best friends, Max and Molly, who work together to solve riddles and math equations during their time traveling adventures. Recently, we had some family visiting and on our way to dinner, we popped on an episode of Mysteries About True Histories, math, with my niece and nephew in the car. In this episode, Max and Molly travel back in time to solve a mystery from the order of the problem solvers, along with lots of kid humor mixed in. It was a fun way to enjoy our car ride together and opened the door for some interesting conversation about history and understanding some of the mysteries of the past. Episodes drop every Thursday and are about 15 minutes long, the perfect length for car rides and mealtimes, and stacked with so much laughter that your kiddos won't even realize how much they're learning. So tune in to Mysteries About True Histories with your kids. You can follow and listen on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your pods. A thousand percent. I think from like accepting help to asking to for help to letting things go. That like, yeah. ooh, does it matter if my kid has that lunchbox? Like, no, it doesn't matter. Right. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, or figuring out like what that is for you. I think so often one exercise Zach and I had like a come to Jesus chat about like household stuff a couple years into our partnership we were both doing our masters and both working full-time so there was a lot going on and I just realized like I feel like I'm doing still all the things and I don't know if he has ever thought about how that tub gets cleaned um and (laughs) just like was like annoyed by it right and we were on vacation and I was like, Hey bud, this isn't a fun conversation for me to have. I'm not jazzed about it. Not pumped to do this on vacation either, but I feel like life's so busy right now. This is the only time I have found that we can sit down and just like, I'm sure you're doing things I'm not aware of. Um, because I know I'm doing things you're not aware of. 
and we need to figure out what this looks like even down to the space of like gratitude for it that like maybe you aren't gonna have time to clean that tub and I do have more time right now I would like you to be mindful of the fact that I'm cleaning that tub mm-hmm. and we I literally like wrote a list of all the things that I was doing to run our household and he wrote down his list which at that time was much shorter than mine and uh, he was like, honestly, I didn't even realize, like, I didn't think about the fact that like the car needs an oil change or whatever, because I was just doing it. And for me, it was like, it was an exercise for me too to just lay out like, wow, you're doing so many things, mm-hmm. <laughs> so many things that are running. And it was one of those things where I felt like even after making the list, I would like go back and add like, oh, right. And I'm oh, yeah. this <laughs> and that and whatever. And then I was able to, for myself, like group, like, what hap- What has to happen, what's not a high priority, and he could look and say like what he could take off of my plate and what he mm-hmm. felt like he didn't have time for. And then we went down to looking at like, where do we feel like we have room to outsource something? Like we did HelloFresh for a chunk of time when, we, when he was doing his thesis or, you know what I mean? Like looking at like, what can we do there? And it's, I feel like it's like an organizational system in and of itself to figure yeah. out. That is true. Taking it out of your brain, making that list and all the sub lists that come after once you like realize all that every task you have has like seven other tasks in your mind. Um, I love that idea. I think one of our guests had talked about that in not so in detail, but in a, in a brief way like that. And it makes a lot of sense. I think you have to have a partnership where your partner is willing to hear you and communicate that and understand, you know, cause I think, what we hear a lot is that you have a, like a stay-at-home mom and then a, mo- a, a partner that's working and they're like, well, I'm bringing in the money. So you're doing everything else. And like, what do you do with that dynamic? Cause that's a, everything else is like a three full-time jobs. So how do you, you know, have that conversation in a really effective way where the other person can hear you? I'm not saying that every situation is like that, but it's just that, that I feel like that is also something that I hear in the circles of our community where it's just like the mom has all this guilt that she's not bringing enough to the table. She's trying to do everything right. She's trying to bring everything, you know, because her husband's working. And so like that way, you know, it's just, it's a, it's a dynamic that we, we need to undo and, uh, you know, give some power to the women in that. Yeah. And I wonder, my first thought was like, how much of it is coming from him or coming Uh from her? Right, right, right. Um, Of like, Ooh, I can't ask for this because I'm not working. Uh Um, Which I think is for sure present with a lot of women. And so like, that's one separate thing I think from the, like, how do we communicate about this? with a partner who isn't receptive to it. I think often like I uh, was doing coaching with a couple and it was similar. Mom is not making any money. She stays home and runs uh, the house. What I refer to as magic house where things <laughs> happen and like, it seems right. like it's magic. Uh, <laughs> and the tub is clean. That's right. <laughs> oh, we groceries are here again. Um, and he works and we, and he, and he works a, long days and a busy schedule and we were working through coaching and sitting down and figuring out like what does this look like logistically because she's running on empty but he feels like he's running on empty 
And so where is their give here? Mm-hmm. And I, I think it was like first in, in him being able to hear that she, cause in his mind, he's like, you're home all day. Mm-hmm. Right. And <laughs> what are you doing? Yeah. What are you even doing? <laughs> and, oh, yeah. and then we kept, we could bring it back to magic house. And this is, this is what I'm doing. All these things that you don't have to think about. And he, but for him, it really was like her validating that he felt really busy and overwhelmed too. He and needed that. Yeah. Are you saying? Yeah. And that like what he was really saying was, I feel too overwhelmed to take on more things. Mm-hmm. I'm so living in this space of feeling overwhelmed that it's hard for me to even imagine taking something off of your plate. Mm. Yeah. That's, I can absolutely understand that. And be just acknowledging that how it frees up some energy because you, we really like just for our children, we acknowledge our children's emotions. Mm-hmm. It's so hard sometimes to acknowledge our partners. <laughs> oh my goodness. But yeah. I like, I have serious talks with myself about it. Like now we just have to acknowledge his emotions. <laughs> like, so Let me pep talk myself through this. <laughs> You know, and when you do, it's like you feel, you get to the other side and you're like, okay, well, I got the result I wanted. They feel seen and heard. Mm-hmm. Like it actually does help propel that conversation that you had with your husband where you can talk about things. And maybe, like you said, it's not about them taking on more of the tasks. It's about them understanding how much you're doing. And it's about delegating some other things or letting it go. Like you, mm-hmm. we have this perfect picture of what it's supposed to look like. And maybe it's just like, you know, the house is going to be clean, not every day. And it's just, you know, they're not going to have the perfect lunchbox and they miss nap today. And it's okay. You know, like it just is all going to work out. Yeah. This idea of perfection, actually kids eat in color, Jen. Oh uh, God, I love that. She's great. But she very openly shares that she's like, no, I don't clean. Like I just, I put time and energy into these other things that are important to me. And it's okay if cleaning is important to you, but no, my bathroom isn't going to be clean when you come to my house. And every once in a while, when my parents come over, one of them cleans my bathroom because they can't stand it, but I'm just not going to do it. Like it, and just letting that go. As yeah. A yeah. 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 Oh gosh. So many things come up. We're like podcast guests. We're, you know, newly getting into the podcast. One of our first guests, she says, Heather Chauvin. And she was like, one of the biggest lessons in her experience was just letting some of your sanity go. Hmm. Okay. (laughs) You know, it's like, you're not going to keep it all together. You're not going to have this perfect picture and it's okay to just kind of like, let it go, you know, and, and roll with it. Cause what else can you do really? Totally. I actually have, I've shared about my own mom a bunch. I'm one of five and she started having kids at 19 and they have, they we grew up in low income. They didn't have money. So they couldn't like hire help or outsource yeah. things for self-care. And she's the queen of self-care. And really what it was is that like her house was always a mess. There were five kids in it. There was always stuff somewhere. There were, there could be dishes in the sink, whatever. And she would just like sit on the couch and close her eyes. And you knew you couldn't disrupt her closing her eyes unless the house was like on fire or someone lost a limb. It was just like the rule in the house, but she was comfortable with the fact that 
there was always going to be laundry to do. And there was always going to be dishes to be done. And mm-hmm. I interviewed her for our podcast. and was like, ma, how, how are you the chillest human to walk the planet? And <laughs> she was like, there's so much that doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. And she was like, it took me a couple kids. <laughs> she was like, I was a couple kids in by the time I realized like, oh, there's no keeping up with this. And on the days, she was like the days that I would finish my to-do list and would be like, oh, all the laundry's done, whatever. She's like, the next day there's more. Mm-hmm. It's never like I got to the end of that day and was like, great, check. We're good for weeks. <laughs> like She's like, there's always more. And I just learned there was always going to be more whether I reached the end of it or not. Yeah. I think that that's such an important thing to say out loud and highlight so that other people can understand that they're not alone in that feeling of like, I need to check all the boxes because I see on social media that everybody has it together and I feel like I don't. And nobody does. Nobody has it together. And there's always more laundry to do and there's always going to be more to do the next day. So Mm -hmm. we're never going to have that perfect picture. We're never going to attain that. And it's, I feel like that's just something that we're not talking enough about. It's like, we do talk about social media giving us this idea that life is perfect, but what's really underneath all of that, this fear that like, we're not doing enough, that we're not living to our full potential, that life is passing us by all these things that we have to understand everybody's going through, which is not just us. I was getting so many questions from y'all on how to do this, how to put it into practice. What are the steps that you follow in emotion coaching a kid for emotion processing? So I created a totally free for you guide on how to emotion coach these tiny humans. It also has a bunch of visuals in there that can be helpful for you, like the difference between a coping mechanism and a coping strategy, helpful visuals that a lot of you have said like, oh, you made this as an Instagram post and I wish I could hang it in my house. So we threw it in there for you if you are one of those humans who wants to print that off and use it as a reminder for yourself. But head on over to seedandso.org slash emotions to snag the free emotion coaching guide if you want some more support on this journey. It's so funny whenever I show up quite real but people will say like, oh, that's so brave or so vulnerable. And I'm just constantly like, no, this is just my life. Like, I'm not here to show you. I don't shower every day and I'm not going to only show up when I've showered, right? Like, that's, that's not how this is going to go. We would spend days not on social media. And how is going to happen? And, but it, it is this idea that like showing up as my real self is like brave or vulnerable. And I'm like, no. Yeah just like I was like how did we get here where like it is now brave to just be me <laughs> well I mean I think that's true though because we're not taught how to be you, you know you're you that's like a skill to either undo or you were lucky to learn to just be you and not try to fit into what people need you to be and not try to present the best picture and so I think that that's just something that like personally for me, it is not about, it's not because I feel scared to show who I really am. It's just that I wasn't taught to just like expose all those pieces. So it doesn't just come naturally. It's like, you know, you have to be like, Oh, this is a good moment for me to be real. You know, it's, yeah, like, totally. <laughs> yeah, it's like, there's some undoing. Too. Yeah, that's so true. And I think, I think it is interesting how social media has 
fed this narrative of perfection and then that mother mental load right like that uh, that now you're like oh shoot am I supposed to be cutting my kid's sandwich into shape <laughs> like totally. maybe without but like maybe without social media you never that never would have crossed your mind you would have been like no of course not I'm sending my kid lunch you're welcome you have food and <laughs> now you're like oh my god I didn't do it enough I didn't do well enough or I didn't it wasn't balanced enough it wasn't perfect enough mm-hmm. and I really wonder how much yeah we've like added to that mental load from social media absolutely such a good conversation oh my gosh I just feel like there's so many layers here and it's hard to put words to all of this because like you look at an image and you're flashing through it so fast you're not thinking about all of the layers in which it's affecting you mm-hmm. and you know your self-esteem your productivity your ideas of like what your family life should look like quick little flashes scrolling and it's doing it to all of us and it's such a great conversation I struggle with trying to bring this to light in a consistent way because I feel like it's it's a conversation but it's not like a meme. You know, it's not like a image you can put on. It's a continuous conversation where we are uncovering, discovering, and and like undoing what we're seeing. And so it's hard to be like, okay, I'm going to post about this. I'm going to share about this. And it's such a great conversation. And I really appreciate you bringing all these points to light. Yeah, I think it's a conversation we need that does need to be ongoing and that we need to be also having in person. I think one thing that I really see with like the play date culture of like, oh, we're only getting together in like play date form where I've cleaned uh-huh. my house for you or mm-hmm. for me at a special location that we've a little bit lost uh, within the in-person village, the like showing up to your shit storm of a house when your kid is throwing a tantrum and the like, <laughs> that, that we were over at a friend's house and her daughter wanted a second popsicle and she said no to her daughter and then apologized to me as her daughter's throwing a tantrum. I'm like, first of all, babe, I'm the last human in the world. You need to apologize for this, what I do for a living. But also it like, that's okay. Your child, your kid wants another popsicle and you said no, and she's allowed to be mad. And uh, you don't have to feel like she, you don't have to project this idea that she doesn't ever feel mad. Yeah. Right. Wow. Mm hmm. But yeah. I think that like we have this where it's like, ooh, we're going to get together in these small, very um, like structured times together that we aren't often seeing the behind the scenes, even of the people in our in-person villages. Yeah. Yeah. And like, where does it start? Because I it makes me think about generations before us and what it looked like, you know, or even just like my grandma's generation where when she's a mom, everything looks so, I was just having a conversation about this yesterday. Everything looks so great. You know, it's like every, all the children have bows, their hair is perfect. And like, just this presenting of the perfect picture. And when, and then, like you said, there's no social media to show otherwise. And so this, it's this ingrained idea that this is how social experiences are supposed to happen. You're supposed to be on your best behavior and you're supposed to show that like you have everything together. I remember when I was like freshly postpartum and people would come over to meet the baby and I would forget, like the house was not clean. I would forget to get them water, like offer them anything. And I was like, 
felt terrible. I remember texting my girlfriend being like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. I didn't even remember to offer you water. And she's like, it's fine, you know? But it's like, why am I feeling bad? Like you came into my house. I just had a baby and like, go get yourself water and me too, please. Like, you know, like I can't get up and get you water right now. And I'm still taking it on. Like I'm a terrible human and she's going to think that like, I'm not worthy of something. Yeah, totally. It it is so wild how we like go into those spaces in ourselves. And it's really, you were saying like, maybe I just got lucky or it's un like winding all those patterns. And I really think it is breaking down those patterns, which I think starts with, uh, it's, it starts with self-awareness of like, Oh, I'm doing it again. <laughs> I'm feeling guilty for this thing and I just had a baby and I can't get up and give her water and that's fine and fair. And frankly, if she's going to continue to come over to my house, I, the expectation should really probably be the same. That <laughs> you're going to get your own water and please bring me some too. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. Hello, you sentient ball of stardust. My name is Casey Davis. I'm a therapist and I'm an author of the book, How to Keep House While Drowning where I talk about ways to make it a little bit easier to take care of yourself when you're overwhelmed, stressed, have mental health issues, physical health issues, or maybe you're just in a hard season of life. Maybe you're looking for a place that you can come and listen to some practical advice. This is a podcast for all of the self-help rejects. We're going to talk about skills for survival and self-kindness. And I'm going to leave the pop psychology at the door. I promise not to tell you to meditate or to journal. We're just going to give you some really insightful conversations with hopefully some practical advice. So I don't believe you need to pick yourself up by the bootstraps. I don't want you to just try harder and I don't believe that laziness exists. So join me over on Struggle Care where we can find compassionate solutions that help us function a little bit better. Well, hey there, busy mama. Are you looking for ways to make your life easier, your home less chaotic, and at the same time, add more joy to your life? My name is Deanna Yates, and I'm the host of Wanna Be Clutter Free, a podcast all about letting go of the stuff we don't need in our lives so that we can focus on what truly matters. Don't worry, I'm not going to tell you to throw it all away or make you feel guilty about keeping something you love, no matter how many other people don't quite understand it. But I will give you practical and, more importantly, actionable advice so that you can make progress right away. And you won't just hear it from me. There are amazing guests too. It's like having your bestie in your pocket, telling you it's okay to let go of the things that are not serving you and your family in a totally non-judgmental way. So join me over on the podcast where we can work on progress over perfection for those of us that want to be clutter-free. It is. It is undoing those voices in your head and understanding what the messages are that you're receiving around you that are either making those voices louder or helping to support the awareness of taking them down. Oh, it's, it really, really is. That's so key of like, who's filling your cup and who isn't? <laughs> yeah. Or like when I leave this person, how do I feel versus when I leave that person? Mm-hmm. You know, I, someone on our team, Rachel, um, and I are really close in real life as well. And because she's a human that I can just be fully like raw and real with, and, and she can as well without this fear of how we're supposed to show up for each other Mm -hmm. and knowing how that feels, like how it feels to 
leave an interaction with her or hanging out with her or whatever. I now have like a certain bar of like, all right, when I hang out with other people, if I leave feeling like, oh, I wasn't enough, um, that's now like a huge signal for me of maybe that's not someone I want to continue hanging out with mm-hmm. or that is going to play such and such a role in my life. Right, right. It's so, I, I have really become aware of that through the years in my partnership. Uh, just like, to be completely honest, like being friends with my husband's friends, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, they're not like hanging out with my friends where you're just like real and raw and it's messy. And it's just like, everybody's a creative and mm-hmm. that's you know, it's like, it's this corporate world where I always walk away or I used to always walk away feeling like, what's wrong with me? Like, why can't, why, why are my conversations not interesting? Why is there nothing to talk about? And not thinking about like, because you have nothing to talk about with them, you know, or they're not interested in you or whatever it might be. Like, they're not your people and that's okay. And that was, it really took some understanding and still like when I go to those social events just having that awareness knowing like I'm probably not going to have conversations that are going to like you know make me want to call them tomorrow and <laughs> like meet them for lunch and that's okay like it's not because of me and like what I'm I'm not bringing any less to the table totally but- and I think that can then further as you're going into them like I would Alyssa would have been like oh man, did I not like, was I not dressed appropriately? Should I have done X, Y, and Z differently? (laughs) Like, right. All the things I could do differently. Yeah. But when you can recognize us, isn't about me. Like these are my people and that's okay. We can hang up, hang out and be cordial. And it's totally fine that they're not my people. Then it can shift that expectation going forward of like, oh, it really doesn't matter what I wear or how I show up or whether or not I have makeup on or if I've showered or whatever, like that doesn't matter because probably not going to call them tomorrow anyway. (laughs) (laughs) And it frees up so much mental space to take that conversation out of your mind and to really understand your self-worth and what the value is that you bring to your table. And it kind of brings you back to that idea of your village. Like that's why your work is so incredibly important and bringing, you know, these voices in the village, are they the, you know, what, how do they support you? How do you feel seen and heard and all of that? And if you don't like, there's a village out there for you that you will be seen and heard in. Totally. Yeah. Thanks. It is huge. And I, I think for me and what we hear a lot in the village is getting to the place where you're ready to ask for help. Mm. Um, which starts with saying, I don't have to do it all. You know? Yeah. And I'm worthy of asking for help. Yeah, totally. I was gone last week at a conference and my husband's mom, who lives 10 minutes away, brought over dinner for him one night. He also can like, but very comfortable reaching out and saying like, hey mom, I got to work late. Like, want to drop off dinner? Like super cozy with that. It took me, literally, like I was so pregnant and sick and like couldn't stand up without throwing up. And then, and he had to go into work on a Sunday one day and I knew I needed to eat, but couldn't stand long enough to get, like make food. And I called my mother-in-law just like 
sobbing and was like, I'm so hungry, but I'm so sick. Like, can you bring Oh, man. And she came over and she brought me food and she did our dishes and like took care of things. But I was like, Alyssa, Gloria, it took you to that point to call and ask for help. Right? Whereas Zach's like, oh, I've got a busy weeknight. Like, (laughs) can you bring dinner? Oh, I mean, that's just so much heavy. Like, it's just, it's like the male-female thing, you know? Like... I just personally, the, that's the dynamic that I know about. So, yeah. and no, it's not just males. Like we're not trying to bash on them, but they are not afraid to ask for that help. They're also like not a, they are not having this like running conversation of like, did I bring enough to the conversation? Did I wear the right outfit? <laughs> did I present myself in the right way? Did they think I was stupid? Like They're yeah. not thinking that. Totally. So, because that's not what they were taught. So then we're like raising these children. And I feel so aware, like raising children right now in this time where you're just like, I don't want her to be picking up on any of this, like self-talk. If that's in there, I got to get it out. And like, you know, just allowing my husband, even if it's different than the way I would do it to have influence in her life Mm -hmm. by doing things his way, because I'm like, well, she needs that too. You know, like, I don't know what that is, but it's probably good for her because it's different than the way I would do things. And it kind of rounds things out in a way that I'm sure, you know, like might give her, like maybe she's not going to be afraid to ask for help or she's not going to have those conversations in her mind. Oh, I love that perspective so much that like maybe the way that I'm doing it, maybe there is a way that can provide her something that I'm not giving her. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, I love it. And like, maybe the way that I'm doing it is anxiety filled because I'm <laughs> living with that, right? Like, well, no. Maybe you should try hers on for size. <laughs> yeah, no, I love that so much. I, I, from this conversation, like what I'm pulling out of it is really that need for the self-awareness for us of what actually matters for us, what what can we let go of outsource or have a conversation with dividing up that load and coming back to like, how do I feel when I'm leaving social media, when I'm leaving this account, when I leave hanging out with this person, like how am I feeling afterwards? Uh, And what narratives can I work to rewrite? Yeah, that's, those are so great. Really understanding that self-awareness piece. So it makes those first three like tangible pieces and conversation to have with your partner so much easier. If you come to the table with like, this is my worth. This is what I'm capable of. I don't have to be more than this. And then you start, you're starting at like a a level playing field to, to list it up like practically. Yeah. And I think really coming into the, into it with the idea that they're not just they're, they're not trying to screw you in this process. Oh, right. Like, oh, right. That one too. <laughs> Remember <laughs> that compassion of like, they do want you to feel balanced and happy and joyful and calm and regulated. I think if you asked any one of your partners, they would be like, yes, please. How do we, how do we get that? I actually run a mama's getaway weekend every year. And last- I know it looks amazing. Oh, thanks oh my babe. God, it's yeah. my favorite weekend, but we had uh, two moms who came to the very first one and they were friends outside of like coming to mama's getaway and they went home and their husbands ended up getting together and having dinner. And at dinner, their husbands were like, 
dude, she could go to Mama's Getaway anytime. She came back so chill and so regular. <laughs> and I was like, I bet if we asked all partners, like, what, I, I would really like to feel calmer. Could you help me by taking these things off my plate so that I could be more present and more regulated with you? I think they'd be like, yeah, how soon do you need me to start? <laughs> totally. Wow, Versus, that makes so much you know sense. <laughs> Versus like, I'm doing all this and you're doing none of it. Which I think is often how we enter the conversation. Oh my gosh, this is such a good point because you can do all of this, but if you come to it with like a pointing fingers, blame, resentment, then it's never going to get done. You have to find that compassion and also understanding how to, yeah, oh my gosh, that's such a good way of putting it. It's hard, but it's doable. Yeah, it's all that mindset work ahead of time. That dang mindset work. Uh, oh, yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> um, yeah. Ongoing. Yeah. But that's the thing. Ongoing. It's because it is ongoing. And there's so much to it if you're the kind of person that continually wants to keep pushing deeper. Totally. And like our whole tagline over at Seed is like progress, not perfection. And I, we say it over and over, but still like people walk into things expecting perfection. And I'm like, no, babe, literally it's never going to happen. Mm-hmm. we're always going to be looking for progress over perfection. And so sometimes like that progress is saying there will be dishes in the sink and I'm going to choose to be here reading a book to help me feel calm. Or I want to spend time with my partner on the couch, even though that there's a little laundry that I could throw in, whatever, you know what I mean? Whatever that is. I love that. I mean, it's so true progress. It's like the journey, not the destination, but you're like, but I'm still trying to get there. <laughs> I would like yeah, to reach like, it. <laughs> okay, so I'm going to try to enjoy the journey, but I still am trying to get to my destination. I mean, okay, it's progress, but I'm still trying to shoot for perfection, right? It's like, it's just never, ever, like, if it's not the dishes, it's still, you know, it's like, it's such a, such a simple, but very difficult concept to remember. Yeah, we have a podcast episode uh, that came out a week before this one, and it is on letting go of control and embracing the fact that even once you have all the control and you have done all of the things and it's this false sense of security that keeps us from embracing the like unknown or even having to like say hi to it and be like, all right, there's a lot that's uncertain and there always will be and when we can get to that space of oh there's so much that I don't know and won't know and can't control and we then we can start to let go of the actual desire for that control and security uh that it's just such a game changer it's one of the biggest components of anxiety so like desire for control huh that makes a lot of sense that comes into play with the mental load for sure there's a quote that I can't think of, so I'm not going to try it here for like five minutes. Like, it reminds me of a quote from Buddha. <laughs> I love it. But yeah, like, I, I think that like that desire for control goes hand in hand here with the mental load of like, oh, if I can control all these things, then she will be at the best pediatrician or he'll be in the best childcare and he'll, because I controlled it and made sure that it happened. Mm-hmm there's always going to be unknowns <laughs> yeah it's I mean that for me that brings like my husband is very much of the like control and manage mm. and I'm like we'll just see 
let's just see. You know, no, yeah, but like that's the way I was raised, you know. So it's like he's like you and your hippie family, and like you'll just see. And he's like, I gotta have a plan. I gotta have a little. I'm like, oh my god, it's just it's very. We're very. Yeah. There's a lot of work there that we get to continually do. That's right. I think it. I think it's true though. In most partnerships, I think there's like kind of one on either side, and yeah, which is good. I think if it didn't, then you like maybe nothing would ever get done. <laughs> truth, truth, uh, or everyone would be trying to assert control, and it would that would be a wild ride. Um, yeah, it, Zach will just say like, "Oh, it seems like you're really like craving control here," and I'm like, mm. "Oh, I am." <laughs> <laughs> You've been listening. So. <laughs> <laughs> Turns out you're right. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, awesome. Well, I think there's a lot of hot tips within this that really start with that, like paying attention to our own communication. Thanks so much for hanging out with me and chatting about it, babe. Yeah. Oh my gosh. This is the best. You're awesome. I'm so excited to keep following you and all the content that you put out there into the world. Thanks. And I'm jazzed because I get to be on your podcast. I know. So tell people, where can they find your podcast and connect with you guys? Um, You can find us on notyourmotherspodcast.co. That is our website. And we're on all the places where you listen to podcasts. And you can find us on Instagram, notyourmotherspodcast.co, and on Facebook. And we have a motherhood group um, private community where we talk about the unsaid and unspokens in motherhood and we dive deep into really exploring what those are like this load like all postpartum things that come up in like your body like partnership like child tantrums all these things so um, come on over and say hi and be you know find your another part of your community i love that thanks so much thanks for having me Thanks for tuning in to Voices of Your Village. Check out the show notes for this episode and all past episodes at voicesofyourvillage.com. Did you know that we have a special community for all of you to be a part of so that we can all gather together to raise emotionally intelligent humans? Head on over to Facebook, search Seed and Sow colon Voices of Your Village and dive into that Facebook group. We cannot wait to hang out with you and collaborate on raising these tiny humans. If you're digging this podcast, head on over to Apple Podcasts, scroll down, click those stars and leave a review. It really fills my heart to hear from all of you. Hello, you sentient ball of stardust. My name is Casey Davis. I'm a therapist and I'm an author of the book, How to Keep House While Drowning, where I talk about ways to make it a little bit easier to take care of yourself when you overwhelmed, stressed, have mental health issues, physical health issues, or maybe you're just in a hard season of life. Maybe you're looking for a place that you can come and listen to some practical advice. This is a podcast for all of the self-help rejects. We're going to talk about skills for survival and self-kindness, and I'm going to leave the pop psychology at the door. I promise not to tell you to meditate or to journal. We're just going to give you some really insightful conversations with hopefully some practical advice. So I don't believe you need to pick yourself up by the bootstraps. I don't want you to just try harder, and I don't believe that laziness exists. So join me over on Struggle Care, where we can find compassionate solutions that help us function a little bit better.